join me on this wild journey to discover your true health. Together, we will clear the confusion of the health and wellness world so you can find what truly works for you. And we will do that through the lives of everyday people as well as professionals. So please subscribe, review, and send me your story and let's learn, grow, and thrive together. I can edit I'm out. I if there's any super fun facts I could share, but I know nothing. No, it's not. Well, there might be things too that, um, you know, you the things that you've gone through. Yeah. I don't know about. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like I should have known the broccoli thing. <laughs> kind of like it's just a lot. Of, like yeah. you just everybody learns like things a little bit differently based on what they research for their own life and. Yeah, I'm sure there's, there's a lot too you much know so much information. Yeah. But um, anyway, okay, I already started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm here with my friend April Oberlin, soon to be Posey. Are you changing your name? I am. For realsies. Like, For realsies. You're not hyphenating? I'm not, and you know what's weird? So you're from the Midwest. I yeah. don't know. So where I grew up, when you get married, you keep your middle name and change your last name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So my middle name's Anne, so if I get married, it's going to be April Ann Posey. Yeah. Okay. Did not know in the South this is a thing. Apparently, you drop your middle name and keep your last name. What? And make your last name your middle name. What? So, in no. the South, it would be April Oberlin Posey. Oh. That's, like, completely changing more of your, your yeah, identity. They say, they say, though, it's good because you're keeping your maiden name in your legal name. Sure, but then just hyphening. That's just really interesting. But, no, I'm going. I knew a friend who, who did that, thing. but I just thought it was because, like, she she just had bad memories with that last name. and. But, oh, gotcha. Yeah. But, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but it will be. Weird side note. <laughs> so I have six more weeks of Oberlin. Oh my God. Are you yeah. ready to let it go? Yeah, uh, you are. With You guys are in the Yeah, I'm really together. excited to yeah. take his name. But I mean, I think everybody struggles a little bit with identity. You feel like you you lose a little bit of identity when you get rid of your name, but at the same time, I, really I asked my ex husband to change his last name. I didn't want to let Bundy go, and I won't ever again. <laughs> I'm holding on to it. I will. Forever. Next time, I'm gonna I'm gonna hyphenate for realsies. Anyway, that's a stupid conversation. <laughs> um, okay, so tell everybody a little bit about who you are and kind of like your journey, I guess. It's always such a hard question. I know. How do you like tell who? You All are? of a sudden, you lose your sense of identity. I know. <laughs> um, well, let's see. So I'm a, originally a Midwestern girl. Grew up in small town Indiana. Woo-woo. Huge family. Um, very large, both immediate and extended and lived there all my life. And then when I was 30, I moved to Seattle and I didn't want to, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life kind of changes and things. Lived in Seattle for two and a half years and then came to Nashville. So I'm a three year transplant, Jeez. Nashville, Tennessee, Woo. but, um, but yeah, I came from big family, getting married, like we mentioned in six weeks to my best buddy. Um, we don't have any kids. We'd love to have a little dog come. What's along your social soon. security number? <laughs> five, five five. You ever notice in movies everything when they do phone numbers? It's always five five five. Really? Yeah. I've start never... paying attention. It'll always be five. See, five, I five. didn't know that. Fun fact. You... I love factoids like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just I don't even know where I've been professionally. I've worked in nonprofit most of my career, and I've dabbled a lot, a um, little bit here and there, also in the health industry. Um, How so? My time. So, um, I was a trainer for about three years. Yeah, I knew that. When I was out in Seattle, I was a personal trainer and group trainer. Did you like that? 
I did and I didn't. There were things I loved and things I didn't love so much about it. Like? Um, I loved helping to make a difference in people's life. And right. it's like something I'm passionate about. So it was exciting to share something that you're passionate about as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but sometimes it got a little mundane. It's kind of like the same stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, in some places I worked, there was a big sales aspect that I didn't really love. But I'll be honest, like I didn't love hearing people complain all the time. <laughs> I'm like, you're paying me to help you with this. Let's do this. But no. I think it was more the mundane. It got mundane for me. And yeah. so that was the thing I, I guess I didn't love so much. But I've done kind of in that side, physical. I've worked with as a physical trainer. And then um, I've done a lot of group instruction. And then on the other side, mental health. I was a counselor for um, one year in community clinic. And then one year at a high school. Really? I didn't uh, know that. Before I stepped back from from counseling so did you was that or there's obviously a reason why I so and I don't too know, mentally taxing it either. was yeah. it, literally what it was I just would bring and I think I think the fact that I, I had my empathy is high was a good thing because I could relate and connect uh, with my which makes for a good counselor and yeah therapist. and my yeah. and the people but then I just took it home and mm-hmm. I mean oh. I'd go home and cry a oh. lot and I think also at the time I was married to my ex-husband and I would bring home the stress and the hurt yeah and it just got pushed out and I noticed that really fast and I noticed it I didn't know at that time how to cope with it in a healthy way yeah. so I just moved back into the nonprofit okay. arena okay. and went from there but so a little bit I'm still really passionate about mental health it's probably yeah. one of my biggest passions why so um, I just think so many things in our health and our life go back to mental Mm -hmm. health and I think mental health has a bad stigma and it doesn't need to have one and so many of the things just going on in the world I think connect back to so much of that and if we were just taking care of that and looking that as a health priority yeah I think a lot of things would be different so how's that so with you focusing on your mental health how has that affected your external outcomes and surroundings that you know of? <laughs> I guess I don't even know, right? Like, I feel like I'm most aware of my mental health in the last five years. Okay. And I'm still really working on that. I mean, it's probably, we all are for the rest of our yeah. lives. So. Yeah. yeah. I felt like I didn't really become aware of it until my 30s, though. Right, okay. Like, your own mental health. I feel like in your 20s, you're just kind of, like, invincible and... Yeah. You don't really look introspective no, and things no, like that. No, that's but, for sure. But, yeah, so, I guess that's just a little bit... About my history. <laughs> I know lots of crazy things. Wait, I was a dancer. Oh, yeah. Professionally for three years. Wait, tell me about that because I've never asked you about that. So it's not, so it sounds really awesome. But it was terrible. But no, it was awesome. Oh. But it sounds like this. Oh my God, you're a professional dancer. No. Okay, so I worked for a small town in Indiana and I was going to go audition for the Pacemates down in Indianapolis. Well, my bad. friends had done it. The Pacemates is for the Pacers, it's a dance oh. team for the NBA. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I know people want to know that. So I, I was going to do it, and I was going to drive. I was going to yeah. do it, but you had to drive down two times a week for practices, and yeah. I lived three hours away. Oh. So I'm like, this is just not realistic. At the time I was married, I was in grad school. I'm like, this is impossible. Yeah. Well, then this development league of the NBA came to my hometown, and they were looking for a dance team, and so they had auditions, and I ended up dancing with them for three years, and the last year I was a co-coach of the team, and... Oh, fun. You get paid a whole whopping $25 a game. <laughs> Watch out, people. What <laughs> But it was kind of awesome, because I'm like, I'm getting paid to do something I love. Well, even if it's, like, cents on the dollar. Yeah, like. <laughs> and it didn't matter. It was yeah. awesome. Aww. I had a great time. Yeah, I, you know I love dancing, like, to the, yeah. 
That's oh. Mm-hmm. And I used to do when I was first dabbling into like the gym stuff. I started doing Zumba classes. Zumba. Zumba. I hated it. Zumba, Zumba. Have you done those? Did you you would teach those, wouldn't you? I got certified in it wasn't Zumba, but it was something really similar. Now I can't remember. There's something else. I forget what it was. <laughs> I even went to Chicago and got certified. Really? Oh, Turbo Kick. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's Turbo Kick. It's like kickboxing and dancing mixed together. That sounds awesome. Oh my god. And what really stuck with me was the kickboxing classes. Like I wasn't ki- I was kicking the air, so they call it boxer size. <laughs> but it was very coordinated like, so uh, whatever. <laughs> um so with one of those um I need to memorize all questions. Um in your history and everything, like what is like something that you one of the bigger things that you have overcome according to like your health or your mental mental health or something like that. Yeah. Um, for me, the probably the most difficult challenge with my health, I honestly, this is, it's kind of funny because I, so I grew up, grew up in a family of five kids and then my parents, um, all very loving and great and amazing. And, but we grew up really traditional Midwest. And so we yeah, ate same. steak and potatoes. Yeah. We never watched what we were Broccoli eating. Broccoli casserole. And, yeah. You know, casserole was like the casserole, you, casserole all the time. <laughs> and we were, we were active because we were all athletes, but yeah. exercise and health was never that sodium. Like, <laughs> but I will say at least we weren't using processed food. So okay. mom was cooking. She was on Always it. cooking at home and doing that. Thing, yeah. So that was really good. Um, but grew up in that. And then I just, because I was, I danced most of my life. I think that kept me really healthy, um, physically cardio and stuff like that. So I didn't think about it much as a kid. And then growing up, um, the rest of my family does besides my one brother, isn't really, really big and active in there. So I would say out of the five kids, I'm probably the most healthy and in, in where I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm exercising regularly, right. those kind of things. Yes, yeah, somehow I'm also the kid that has all the health problems. Really? Yeah. Oh, and they don't have to do anything? And, and that's always, I'm like, stupid motherfucker. And then I'm like, gosh, but what if I didn't do all this? Then what? Right. What yeah. it would be, you know? But it's funny because actually my fiance calls me an alien because I always have something wrong with me. Oh, and my dad says baby. that I'm the misfit of the family because, <laughs> jokingly, it's very Still, lovely. That's, jokingly. How, that's how my family like, tells There's always something wrong with you. And I'm like, my, tell me about it. That's what my brothers would say. Like, what's wrong? You're adopted. <laughs> You're my twin, you idiot. Sorry. Go ahead. No. So I had, I've had health issues since I was little. And when I was two, I had underwent major kidney surgery. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That kind of started everything. I went under a couple minor mouth surgeries. But then when I was in my early 20s, I had ovarian cyst ruptures. And so I had ovarian surgery then. And then throughout life, I've had nasal surgery just a couple of months ago which yeah. was terrible but I would say my biggest issue with health has really fallen in the last two years and that was for me was when I was diagnosed with early stages of cervical cancer and in the same year also found early stages of skin cancer and mm. it was all within months of each other yeah I remember you going through all that yeah. yeah and so I think that was probably for me the biggest wow I'm not gonna live forever and there's real things that are scary yeah and can happen yeah on that so I think that has probably been my biggest that was a really tough 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 couple of years not only from that I was also going through some things relationally had struggled with depression at the same time and 
I think anytime you hear the word like cancer, and even though mine was very minor, you hear that Still, word, the oh. brevity of life just all of a sudden flashes. Oh my God, I can't. Yeah. Because you wonder about it, you know, but I will say, and this is probably the biggest thing I've learned and the biggest thing I would push to other people, especially women, men though included mm-hmm. is if you're not proactive and your biggest advocate, then that's a problem. Because for me, the reason I found my cervical early was because I was diligent on making right. sure I was seeing my OB constantly every year, especially since I had ovarian issues when I was 21. Right. I've always it had was it in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, but because of that, once I had that out, I did also get scared, and that's when I went to the dermatologist and did a full scan, and that's where they found the cells. Uh-huh. So I've had two areas removed. One was surgically, mm-hmm. um, so I have another scar. Um, but with the cervical cancer that they found that and we were able to I had my surgery we were able to get rid of it and I've been clean for the last year but my doctor said she goes if you would have come to me a year and a half from now like a lot of women don't come regularly she's like if you would have waited like a lot of women will because Mm -hmm. they either think nothing's wrong with them or they're scared to know if something's wrong with them or the symptoms aren't there yeah Yeah. I had no symptoms yeah zero symptoms and um she goes, if you would come back a year and a half from now, I would have been treating you for probably stage three oh. cervical cancer. Oh. And if you know anything about cervical cancer, stage three, it's the worst. It, it can be deadly. Yeah. Um, with that on there, and so wow. I think that's been my biggest my biggest lesson in life is especially women. I think we want, we are ingrained to take care of everybody else, and even if we do take care of ourselves, there's some things we're not. We just pass off on yeah, too it's young not that big for of a this, deal. or I'm like whatever. Yeah. And we just don't think about it. I mean, I have friends who even will, I've heard don't go to a gynecologist every what? year because they're like, I've been with the same person my whole life, so I'm not sexually active with other people. So like, they, that's the only like factor. Like, they think it's just like an STD thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's not. I no, mean, there's more to it. So many different yeah. elements and things. And so I'm just always, you got to take care of yourself and be proactive in that. Um, I remember, I mean, I think it was actually before I found out, or maybe it was right after. No, it was before. I've just always been really scared. Mm-hmm. I think cancer is a scary thing when y'all think about Absolutely. it, or being sick, or something wrong. And I remember when I was 34, I went and found a place that would give me a mammogram because insurance doesn't cover it <sighs> until you're a certain age, or unless you have historical, yeah, family direct family tie to it. So I went around and I found a clinic here in Nashville that was doing them for free for usually no insured people, and they had so many openings. So no many openings way. that they said, we'll go ahead and take you for free, even though you have insurance. <laughs> Which means, Wait, what why part? are there so many openings? This is free. Why are women not taking advantage of Was that like at this? Planned Parenthood or something? No, or? it was at one of the universities. I think it was Meharry. What? Just a college? Yeah. In no their medical way. center. It was doing free once a month. How hard October. was it for you to find that or come across it? It actually wasn't that bad, hard. Really? Oh my God, guys, do your research. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't. Wow. And so luckily everything came back fine, but... It was just like, get that's, ahead of the game. That's really good. I'm not happy you said that because, like, for me, I don't have insurance. So, like, even you telling me these things, it, like, yeah, I need to be better about it. But I put it off because I'm like, I don't have, I, I can't pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which, so, but yeah, if I were to, like, you know. Some of that you can get free. And it's yeah. hard. And I will say, if yeah. you don't have insurance, it is absolutely hard. But the other side I'm always looking at, and this is the same when people like, I don't want to pay for a gym membership. It's so expensive. I don't want to this is your health. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes things up front are expensive, whether it's eating healthy, going to the gym, getting things done, even if you don't have insurance as much as that yeah, can be really tough. I understand all situations are different, but if you're able to, I mean, 
if you get pro, you're proactive, get a, go to the doctor, pay the 150 bucks to get t- 200 bucks, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot less than in five the years. Preventative. All of a sudden you are full yeah. on. Yeah. And you need major help and all of a sudden it's yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars. That's the biggest thing that I've, uh, I like have to ingrain in like all my clients is that like you pay for this now. Like, yeah, it's out of pocket, but can you imagine like some of the things that you have that you're going to avoid? And a lot of them are older people like my parents age or some, you know, middle-aged people who regret not taking care of themselves when they were younger or even, but on the flip side, I have a lot of clients who are my age or around my, or the millennial age, and they, they just put it off, whatever, and don't see the value in it. But, which is also kind of counterintuitive because like, we are also the generation who are taking more care of ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yet on the flip side, you still, it's just, it's so black and white sometimes. And yeah, I'm happy you said that because um, just that preventative care. That's why with insurance, they won't rarely will cover chiropractic because yeah. it's it's preventative. But people put so much trust and care into their doctors when they have like, for example, their um, malpractice insurance. The, the yeah. what they pay for malpractice insurance is fundamentally so much higher than a <laughs> chiropractor. And like, yeah. how many people are dying based on? Oh, great, I'm. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's hard because there is yeah. a fine line on some things, but there are other things that can be done and stupid society just being proactive. And I think, but that goes to a big point of like taking care of yourself when you're younger. I mean, mm-hmm. I have so many, you know, things like when they interview really old people, they say like, "What would you tell people younger?" That you yeah, the advice. And one is always like, "Don't care about material things. Mm-hmm. Do things that scare you." But one of them is like, "Take care of your body when you're young because you're gonna wish you had." And yeah, so. you're right. I heard an interview, I think it was Hulk Hogan from forever ago. I think. What's his cheer? Doesn't he have a chant? Doesn't Hulk Hogan have a chant or something? I don't know. Oh. I've never watched that. <laughs> <laughs> what is he up to? Is he dead or something? Like, I haven't heard of him. Is his... he the guy that's jumping to a Slim Jim? Yeah, the, the <laughs> white hair guy with the, the thing. <laughs> I know he is, but I'm like, oh, I think he does that commercial. Really? I don't know. Jump to a Slim Jim. <laughs> Don't eat Slim Jims, everybody. They're very high in sodium. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, no, but he was being, I believe it was him, or it was definitely one of those MMA wrestler dudes or whatever. I'm probably yeah. saying it wrong. But they were being interviewed by somebody, and they had asked the, gotten asked the same kind of question. He's like, I just wish I was easier on myself when I was you know, younger, like with lifting weights and stuff like max out. <laughs> now he, he's in so much pain because he went just went too hard. Yeah, so there's too, too hard and too less. There's yeah. like, there's, you know, it's finding that, yeah. that medium and taking care of yourself. And yeah. I don't, I feel like millennials might have a little bit that the new generation coming up a little bit more, um, leniency and be able to do that. Cause the culture has created and it's yeah. okay to be kind of like, I don't want to say selfish because that's not the right word, but where you take care of yourself, the mentality yeah. that you come first is okay. More health Versus oriented. You look at more like our parents. It was never you come first. Yeah. That was not how they were raised and things like that. And so they always kind of take the back burner. And but you know, like if we're not taking care of ourselves first, how are we? It's the same the bucket theory. You know, if we're not filling our own bucket, yeah. how are we supposed to be filling, be filling anybody else's? Absolutely, yeah. And I think too with the you know our parents generation or the baby boomer generation they they 
they just had it the worst. Well, anybody before baby boomer, baby boomers and before, because just the research wasn't out there and they, you know, no fat, you know, zero fat and like, or just don't eat, you know, <laughs> like they had like the worst, like, uh, you know, knowledge yeah. on like what is supposed to be right or wrong. And it was always just wrong <laughs> yeah. for the most part. And I think our generation now has like, even though there's a billion things out there, it's super confusing, but there's still excellent research out there, yeah. you know? So you just got to work for which, it a little Which, by the thing, this, the no fat thing, so, and I don't know, I'll get your take on this. So okay. when I was a trainer, I'm not a nutritionist by any means, right? Yeah. But uh, someone that kind of helped me, trained me and helped me go through that would always say, and I believe it now when I actually follow it, the don't buy the half, half the fat, half the... When it went, well, like I've heard that it's actually better to buy like a full fat product, like cottage cheese, full fat versus half the fat or whatever. Because from what I understand is when it's half the fat, they fill it with other things. Yeah. Usually preservatives. For the flavor. It's usually yeah. something like that to kind of make up, which is actually chemicals. Yeah. Which is worse, worse than natural fat. Well, you're really getting into a rabbit hole, but you're right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so I've been like just following a lot of that. Like when I look at things like I'm when I think about, okay, this is half the fat or lower calories, I'm like, what are they replacing it with? Yeah. And is that replacement of chemicals healthier for me or is the natural ingredient that may be It's just hard to know, like, if they replace it with other things. If it's truly half or low fat or zero fat, whatever. But, yeah, just stick, like, if you really want to go all out, like, like, there's just the actual fats, you know, butter, coconut oil, other healthier oils, you know, that are avocados, you know, yeah. those kinds of fats. But really it's just like, I, you've heard, you know, macros and stuff like that. But if you just count your fat, you're fine. You're not yeah. going to like, yeah. and it is the easier one to get, go over. And that's why it is difficult for people to lose weight. Cause it's like too high of fat, too high of carbs. And it's just that balance of, you know, along with protein in there. But yeah, that, um, was that, did you see that on what the health? Or how did you? Uh, like I said, someone, just heard it. when I was going through all the training and stuff, I could, someone that was in the nutritional world had brought that up. Yeah, and, and I haven't just advised me that it. if you're looking at that stuff, looking at sometimes the regular fat and, and yeah. things. I mean, if you think about it, like our parent generation, the baby boomers ate a lot of things naturally from the farm, right? So yeah. it was a lot of those kind of things. Things were not processed, but it was higher fat, a little bit more issues with cholesterol, things like that. Yeah. But in general, I feel like, and this is just me blowing smoke because I don't really know the truth to all this, <laughs> but I feel like the generation of my parents and grandparents, like the cancer rates were so different than yeah. what they are now. And I just can't help but think so much of that has to be from, I mean, it's not, there is scientific proof of, of all the processing that's going into our food. Yeah. And actually what I, where did I hear this? I think it was one of those health documentaries where they talked about, what, what's their generation called? My grandparents. Generation Z, Gen Z. Oh gosh, there's a. Wait, no. What's you know, the I one? study this all the time, and I don't know why I'm not thinking about it. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. Wait, no, Generation X, because Z is the one after us, <laughs> right? The... I'm a Generation. Um, no, don't April, don't do Z, that. Uh, X, Y, <laughs> X. You're the different one. I'm the one that's in this weird middle. I'm Whatever. not a millennial, but not the other one. Yes, you are. Just get over it. I'm the I'm the best. <laughs> All y'all, you know, if you're born 1978 to about 1983. Then the stupid generation. <laughs> we 
we have both old school world and new school world in our life. So whatever. Anyway, that. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going with those. <laughs> um, grandparents generation. I think it was generation X. Okay. Right? I don't know. I'm like trying to look it up as you're talking about this one. Oh, okay. What was I saying? Yeah, okay. So they were really, you know, their generation, obviously before, were definitely, you know, the farm to table, the whole food, like everything was cooked. And But their generation too was also when, you know, TV dinners were starting to come out. Yeah. When our parents, baby boomers, were growing up. And then I remember, where did I read this? I can't remember. But like, you know, canned things or things that you can preserve longer. That was all the rage. Because it was more convenient. And they're like, this is healthier. And mm -hmm. like, there somehow it was marketed in a way. Oh, somebody's calling me. I'll do that later. Um, it was marketed in a way where it was like, this is healthier. But it wasn't because it was extremely processed. So like, that's all they would do. Yeah. You know? And it's funny because it, it's about marketing. I mean, don't even get me started on that. Like, <laughs> so I work for the Heart Association. Oh, yeah. That's and right. this whole vaping thing right now is pissing me off. Oh. Because I want to talk about the this. marketing yes. to it. And oh, my God, this is like this is a health epidemic that if it's not addressed is going to be a major issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think everybody believed it. Um, OK, I need to pause real quick. And we're back. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> Sorry, I answer phone call. FYI, just a reference earlier to Gen Y. That's yeah. me. Gen Y, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what was the grandparent one? Okay, it goes traditionalist or silent generation, then the baby boomers, which is most of our parents, the Generation X, which Generation X is the one I actually feel identified the most with, probably I because that... I had older siblings. I've heard the silent generation one, but... Whatever. And then millennials, Gen Y, and then this new Gen Z, I Gen Centennials. It's the new, new thing. Uh, wait, what? Why? <laughs> and, they, and they say I'm million. Who cares? Where, what are you talking about? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> we were talking about marketing. Oh and yeah, vaping. vaping. Oh my god, I want to talk. Okay, yeah. So. When that first came out, it was like, oh my God, this is great. What a great alternative to, you know, smoking or whatever. And I thought, I had that thought too. I was just like, isn't that kind of like weird for like the lungs or whatever, but whatever, you know? Yeah. No, they like, and the crazy thing is like, and I don't want to, my numbers will be close, but they're not going to be a hundred percent accurate. But like, um, but a lot with like they, the companies now are saying they're not marketing towards kids, but when you look at the, the campaign, the ads, they are oh, bright yeah, colors. I heard that. They're all these things like that. They're just like back in the 70s when Camel used to have all these like young looking, they had the Camel character yeah, and he looked young sexy. and sexy and yeah. appealed to all them. And then this whole law went into effect. They weren't allowed to market them way anymore. And so now we're in the space that we're trying to market against kids in there because it's gone up like 300% in the last year of middle school students who are using them. Did you know one of those pods that go in there? Like, they are, like, basically, they'll last you, some people, three days to a week or whatever, but it's, like, 12 packs of cigarettes <gasps> in one pot. No way. And that kids now are getting so addicted to that. Is there, but there's not nicotine in it, though. Yeah. But there is. Mm -hmm. And there's, they're getting addicted. They're getting addicted to the point that they have to go from vaping to, to smoking. Cigarettes no fucking way. Really? To go down to wean off of it. 
But then now, if you've been watching the news at all, there's all these mysterious deaths and illness that are happening that yeah. are directly relating to vaping. Yeah. Because... Young kids, too. Tons dying. of young kids. Yeah. But even, like, I've had a lot of people say, well, if I do, like, I vape oil. Like... Yeah, like, no... Essential oils. No drug No drugs and things yeah. like that. I'm fine. No, they're starting to find popcorn lung and people who are just yeah, vaping. Yeah, Period. Because... Your lungs aren't meant to take in an oil. Yeah, like it's uh, not. I've heard that to term because there was there, there was a kid I saw on Good Morning America a couple weeks ago who died, and or no, well yes, but there was a different one that I'm thinking of that he was like mysterious. At first, it was mysteriously hospitalized, and he's like in junior high, high no high school. And they said that he had, I think it was the popcorn lung situation. And he like admit he was secretly vaping since eighth grade and he Mm -hmm. was in like high school. And I think that's when I heard also with your advertising comment, how they're like, we're not advertising to kids, but there's this advertisement where I don't know exactly what it was, but the kid was like, it was like a picture of the, this kid, like sneaking it into his backpack. So mom and dad can't find out like, that's so, and their flavor, cotton candy. Bubble gum. And it's so cool. Yeah, because 20, 30, and 40-year-olds, oh, yeah, get me the cotton candy flavor. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're literally going back in time in the 1970s. It really is. Except for this epidemic is going to be worse because when the smoking first came out in the 70s, no one saw the effect of it for several years because it took a while. Yeah. For it to start seeing the I was wondering that, too. I was like, we're going to wait. Just wait. Yeah. So this one, just till recently... They're actually, because they, they thought it's going to take a long time to find out what's going to happen because of this. Now they're finding out it's not taking any time at all to start seeing damage. <sighs> and I just, like, want to shake everybody that thinks vaping of any sort is okay. Like, it just, I'm like... You... Just smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you almost want to say, just smoke. It's just, better for that's you. That's what you really want to do. No, but At least just... it doesn't smell as bad, I guess. But it's like we went to yeah. this, like, where smoking now is not, it's not the cool thing. That restaurants it's don't allow it anymore. Yeah. It's, like, moved into this whole thing. We finally, like, we haven't gotten rid of it, obviously, and probably won't for a long time. But we've the culture has shifted where it's not this cool thing. It's not allowed in places. I mean, when I lived in Seattle, you couldn't smoke within, I think, 50 feet of an entrance of anywhere. Really? Um, any kind of public place. So wow. it just wasn't there. That's pretty serious. They're very well For right. Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, no, they're pretty, pretty progressive and healthy. But, um, True. but you know, you've, we finally kind of beat it, and all of a sudden this is coming back, and now this is the point that it's not, oh, you smoked in your 20s, and when you're 60s and 70s, you're going to have lung cancer or have trouble. No, it's you smoke in your teens, and you're dead before you're 20. <sighs> or you smoke in your teens, Especially and the now deve- you developmental. Lung, and you have lung issues for the rest of your life and it's just insane to me it's like if this doesn't get under control we are going to have a population of teenagers that are dead or have these long-term effects for years to come like there's gonna be an epidemic i'm not i wouldn't be surprised years of health issues for these people so that would be the thing that you would want to preach to the world (laughs) yes stop vaping and if you have children look for Things that look like normal things. Be now, Snoopy and look through their backpacks. Be Snoopy, absolutely. They have now a, what looks like an Apple Watch. No. That you can take off the top. No. And you can no. vape. And you can get it online no. for 30 bucks. And it looks just like yours. It looks like an Apple Watch. And all you have to do is check a box that says you're 18 years old. No. April? I know. You're teaching this so much today. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Why are we so... So parents, be proactive. This is... You know, life is about being proactive. 
Yeah. This is the same thing. Be Snoopy. Take initiative. You're not your kid's best friend. No. You're their parent. And Who I know cares I if you really, would upset them? I can't say that because I'm not a parent, but maybe I can say it because I have outside perspective. And you would be like that. And I was a counselor like for kids for a long time. Yeah. Um, you're, you being proactive and Snoopy is being a great parent. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking care of them, things yeah. they don't know about. Yeah. Because you know the rational brain. Job. Brain does not develop rationally yeah. until you're at least 25. 25. I knew that. Yeah. So they don't know what they're, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> They no, no, nope, they don't. And it's okay that they don't know. No. Nope. And you can step in. <laughs> yeah. Teachers, y'all know about this stuff. I know y'all know about it, but. And uh, that's a wrap. <laughs> there you Just go. Kidding. Stop vaping. I don't care if it has nicotine or not in it. Just Get your uterines vaping. checked. Uter- uteruses checked. Get your. <laughs> <laughs> go to the OB, please. Go get your skin checked. Your Ladies, uteruses, your vagina. Check your breasts. Touch your boobies. I need to do better on that. Really? I'm always touching my boobs. <laughs> Not, I don't touch them like, oh, is there? Oh, yeah, I guess I just put my hand on them all the time. <laughs> I was always like, I always tell my doctor, I'm like, because I mean, a lot of us have like lumpier, we just have lumpy tissue. Sometimes and I, yeah, it feels like my rib. I'm like, is that my rib? Or? And I'm just always like, I feel bumps. I'm like, how do you know yeah. if it's like a cancer thing in there? My doctor always told me like, the reason you're supposed to feel all the time is you learn, you start to memorize what your breast tissue feels like. So oh, you may yeah. have lumps in there because we have, we have all sorts of things. Whatever. Going, whatever yeah. what, I can't even think of the word right now. All sorts of things in there. So you're going to have lumps tissue. and things like that. But it's when you start feeling something that doesn't feel normal. And that's why she's like, that's why you check every day because you learn your tissue. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden when you feel something that's not normal, that's when You'll you know. Learn. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So that I was guess I should me. do that more. I need to do that more too. What other advice do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh. tan. You know you do that. I now am, I'm, there, I look differently at tanning too. Really? Well, one, because I've had spots removed. Yeah. But two, okay, I'm in my late 30s. This goes back to the taking care of yourself when you're younger. I don't wear sunscreen ever growing up. I did. You should see how white I am. I know. You, you are, know like, how white you're, I am. You're, you're, I put, you're, I put my, my arm onto my legs. Snow white. Obviously, my arms are more tan than my legs just because. It's a huge difference. And it makes me mad. And I actively avoid, even when I'm driving, like, the sun, like, changing and gets onto my hand i'm like i'm moving it to the shaded spot and then on the on the steering wheel <laughs> like, oh no <laughs> or wearing I'll my rain see, jacket I'm in 90 degree weather like re- going out in the sun i'm still all about it and I'm i wish i was like a little that. more careful but tanning beds i'm pretty ex on that yeah um just get a spray tan but but no the thing i was to say like i didn't wear a lot growing up and like yeah it it really does it will make my mom wrinkle, had skin cancer yeah. but it will make you wrinkle yeah like, I wish I would have, man, entering close to your 40s, start. I think everybody. I'm still super young, but you start seeing things and you're like, what? It's catching up fuck? to you, yeah. And I think everybody knows, like, yeah, this is bad. It gives you more wrinkles. Like, it can do, like, we know. Yeah. But then actually experiencing the fact, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's not until all of a sudden you get there and you're like, yeah, I should listen to my younger self. I mean, everybody says that. I should have taken yeah. this when I was younger. I should have taken this. There's that, younger. what's that? A light filter thingy that you can like look at yourself into like that shows oh, the sun ever damage. Do that in my life. I know, and I've taken good care of my skin. I will cry, but I've had bad sunburns or whatever. But I I don't want to do that. I would, I would kill myself. <laughs> no, I would I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's my piece of advice. Let's not do that. <laughs> I would die probably. I'd just be disgusted. I, I would too. And, uh. I don't want to think about that. Anyway, <laughs> and my but my mom she grew up in L.A. 
and was a sun bunny and she's very fair like she's a she's a um natural redhead at least not anymore she's blonde don't tell her i told you that and uh (laughs) well i think too like with certain like she was like strawberry blonde but she had the freckles and that growing up and you kind of grow out of those things as you get older with i did not lose my freckles I kind of did. I, I, I was more freckly around my nose, my cheeks. And my brothers did too. Like my two older brothers, they are total like full flame gingers and they've mm-hmm. grown a lot of out of their freckles. Okay. Anyway, what was I doing? Mine is mine. I can cover it. And in the winter it looks nice. And then I walk out into the sun. If I spend a day in the sun with no makeup, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like but, I look like I have dirt all over my face. Oh, it's just my really? Freckles. Some freckles and the, oh, obviously can, probably a lot of skin damage too. I can. I mean, look at you. Know, I can my mom's a ginger, so really, I got a lot of the oh, freckles ginger. and stuff from her. We got it in her blood. <laughs> she's a hot redhead. My mom is too, but she's blonde. She's a hot blondie. But anyway, so she definitely didn't. She grew up in the seventies, sixties, or whatever, and didn't ever take care of it. She had skin cancer, and so, but growing up, she's like, Caitlin, sunscreen, you won't get wrinkles. Caitlin, sleep like this on your pillow so you get less wrinkles. Caitlin, do this. Caitlin, cover up. Caitlin, like, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I get, I understood why she was doing it, like, growing up, and it was so annoying, but now it's just like, okay. (laughs) And I bet I, yeah, anyway. But that son of a bitch, son. (laughs) Love it to love hate relationship. I know. Uh, anyway, I think that, is there anything else you wanted to have out? Um, I don't know. Ask me some questions, host lady. I asked you all the ones. I know, but I answered really quick. You do, damn it. You make me look bad. What else can I talk about? (laughs) No, it's okay. I feel like I had some stuff that was, I thought would be good, and it just kind of like, Oh, I did want to ask you with um, the cancer stuff that you yeah. were experiencing. Like, obviously, like, that is all okay now and yeah. whatnot. But is it still, like, having an effect on you now or in the future, possibly? Or you don't know? I mean, it has multiple effects because, one, it makes me more aware of a lot of things. It makes me more aware of what I'm putting in my body. Um, although I'm really terrible at it, I've been trying to cut back sugar because sugar is so much of an index it feeds of, of into cancer. it. Yeah. Um, so I have been trying to look at different things like that. But I mean, unfortunately, because of my surgeries that I've had and so many biopsies in my cervix and things like that, there's a, a, a pretty high likelihood that I can't carry a baby. Okay. Um, just because my cervix damaged. Um, but modern medicine is great and. There's there options. are some different things and like they literally can like if you get pregnant and you just are having trouble the cervix can't actually hold the baby because it's damaged they can like put in a temporary like net what yeah. a net inside like your body cervix in your body during your pregnancy in your body yeah really? to help hold the baby in place oh it's crazy oh, really? what they can do wow i was thinking like oh yeah surrogate or whatever but yeah, I mean, as long as it's not, you're, like, not missing it. But if there's a stamp, they can just kind of, it's basically a reinforcement. Well, that's cool. Because you still produce all, of like, the, like, sustainable hormones and processes that can, right? Yeah, I mean, that. and honestly, for me, though, I, I, I'm also just a very, like, because of my ovarian issues that I had. So when I was 21, I remember I was in college. It was, I think it was summer break. And I was home at the Lake Cottage with my family. 
and I felt like really kind of bloated, mm-hmm. like majorly bloated and it's just uncomfortable and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I remember going for a run and I got back and I felt really sick to the stomach. Even like I worse. felt like almost like a really bad period is what it felt like. I wasn't on a period, but I got back to the Lake Cottage and I remember I went to the bathroom and I had blood everywhere. Oh. And so my, my cyst had ruptured. Oh, that and, had been so painful. And so I went to the doctor and here, this is like maybe too much personal information, but like I was, I was 20 at the time, I think. Okay. That's, yeah. And like, yeah. I was still a virgin at the age of 20. And so I hadn't, I hadn't gone to a gynecologist yet. Oh, I hadn't done any of that. So my very first experience is I'm in pain. I'm bleeding everywhere. And it's like, so traumatic. And it's so traumatic. Like emergency place. And they're like, like shoving it up you. Not even room. And she's like, thank God it was a woman doctor. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that happened. That never happened. Go to an emergency clinic as a woman doctor. And did you tell her? She's like, <laughs> we're going to have to do an exam. And then she gets ready to pull, you know, what are those things called? Oh, I don't know, but yeah, the clampy, <laughs> reverse clampy thing. The scary monster. Yeah. That comes up. Um, she gets ready to pull this out. And then I just start, I like cry. I'm like, I've never had this done before. <laughs> she goes, oh, honey, I'm glad you told me. She's like, I'll get the petite ones. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> you got those in there. But, um, but anyway, I ended up having <sighs> surgery. Oh. And this is the crazy thing is when I was two, I had kidney surgery. Okay. I basically had two kidneys the size of four and half of each one was dead oh my so when God. i was two years old i would pee blood and it'd be really painful and i cry and i went through this terrible process of this surgery my mom said it was probably the worst thing she's ever experienced is watching your two-year-old <sighs> suffer yeah. like that and oh. go through surgeries and be terrified oh. luckily i was young enough i don't remember most things except for i remember one thing and my mom's like how do you remember this because you were two it was post-surgery and i remember going in to get a checkup and they had to do shots on me, and they put a sticker or they put a band aid and draw a happy face on it. Yeah. And they go, "Do you want to get one to your sister?" Yeah. And I'm like, "No," <laughs> because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't. She doesn't have to go through any of this. She doesn't get it. That's not fair. Or whatever. Yeah. And my mom's like, I don't know how you remember that. That's but, funny. But anyway, so when I was 21, later to found out what they went, they went and did surgery for the ovarian cyst had rupture, mm-hmm. and they found all through my fallopian tubes was scar tissue was wrapped around my <gasps> tubes, like Owie. almost restricting them. And that's why I had a ovarian cyst had developed from it. Oh. Basically they said the scar tissue from my kidney surgery when I was little, apparently my body breeds scar tissue. Me and my aunt. It does for everybody. Things, but I, it's excessively breeding. And it's super strong. Yes. Yeah. It bred all the scar tissue around my tubes. And so I also have, so I have, I'm a high ectopic pregnancy candidate. Okay. So if I have, you know, if I ever do get pregnant, I had to monitor right away because she said the scar tissue will come back. It's just a matter of when, how much. Uh, so I have a lot of things kind of unfortunately going against me with being able to bear children. And part of it was from ovarian surgery. And then the other part is from wow, the cervical yeah. surgeries. That so I you're going to have, what, what's going to happen is you're going to have a little miracle baby. We'll see. But That's what's going to happen. If not, we've also come to terms that that just may not be our reality. And yeah. If one thing I've learned in life is things do not go as you planned. Yeah, you And sometimes the most it. beautiful things come when it's not Yeah. Not planned. I mean, to similar worry. to you. I mean, I went through, I've gone through a divorce yeah. when I was young. I moved across the country not knowing a soul besides my boyfriend at the time. And that was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Yeah. Looking back, the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And then when I moved here, I, I just left. I had this like, I remember I had this, I was, I was happy in Seattle, but I was, 
I just, I was missing my family. I have yeah. a big family. I have nieces and nephews. I was missing everything. And I just wanted to be a little bit closer. But there's this weird thing. I had this like gut feeling that something was wrong. And I couldn't place what it is. And I, my mom, my sister, and I, oh, we wait, swear yeah. we have this like sixth sense yeah. thing. Like sometimes we'll feel something wrong. We'll call someone and there's something wrong. Or my mom, actually, this is creepy, has dreams that are, and she, she sees it as peaceful. But her grandma comes to her who has passed in dreams. Oh. And literally someone will die within the week. And to my mom, it says to her, <gasps> Grandma's coming to say, I'm taking them oh, to a better place. And they're my strange. God. So that's a whole other thing. But anyway, we that's have these like so gut cool. things, intuitions. And I just remember I, I felt like I needed to come home or get closer to home yeah. to see family and things. But then, so I, I leave Seattle not knowing why I feel like I need to go. I come pick Nashville. I'd been here so 10 cool. years prior for my friend's wedding. Yeah. And I just picked Nashville. I'm like, I'm going to move to Nashville because there's a city, there's country music, and there's mountains nearby. Yeah. So I pack up my stuff. I quit my job. And this is not like me. I'm a very calculated person. But it's also kind of like you to be a little spontaneous. It's like me more now. Yeah. I've evolved over the last five years. But quit my job, packed my stuff, and literally me and my best friend drove across the country and moved here. Which I recommend to anybody, if you ever have a chance to drive across the country, do it and don't rush it. We spent a week driving across the country. And it was probably the one of the most fun weeks of my entire life. Did you life. stop in Omaha? Oh, we stopped in we stopped in all these weird places. Not like we Omaha, stopped. We didn't stop in Omaha. Nah. <laughs> we went hiking in Moab, and then we went to Denver to the breweries. <sighs> then we stopped in Kansas at the uh, uh, Wizard of what? Oz Museum. Really? That's there. What? I quit. <laughs> and the best thing that we stopped at was we we were going to see the world's largest. Spur, like a spur on the back of the <laughs> The words like, So we get what? off, and it's in Kansas, and we're going off. We're so excited. We drive off, it's... and we get up to it, and we literally start dying laughing <laughs> because it's probably like the entranceway of a house, of, like your front door, like at the height of a front door. Oh, my God. You think this <laughs> giant thing know, that's like 30 feet laughing, but we have such a fun memory. But it was the birthplace of Eisenhower, so that was kind of cool. We saw that. Well, fact time. But anyway, so I moved moved across country in there, but I would say, like, I knew nobody when I came here. I did something crazy and uncalculated, which isn't like me. Yeah. And it was also, I've grown more in the three years. I grew a, a different way when I was in Seattle because the first time I was by myself with no family and friends, and I learned more about me and became, I think, the woman I really am when I was out there. But then moving here, I've, I've, challenged myself more as a person to learn more about I think I've learned more about the things I don't necessarily like about me mm-hmm. and learning to accept those but also learning how can those adjustments be made so it was one of the scariest things I've done but this last three years has probably been very meaningful in changing who I am and knowing who I am as a woman internally but it's also been probably it's been a very dark process too it's tough yeah, learning about yourself and yeah, ooh, yeah. Don't get me started. Oh, no, let's start. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> I was like, do we have another five hours to go into? That? <laughs> um, no, yeah, that yeah, it, transformation and it's a continual process and yeah. like and you've gone through the things that you've gone through for a purpose and you know that's why I wanted to ask you to be on here so that you could mm-hmm. you know kind of share your experiences and things to the world that you know my teeny teeny tiny corner of the world that I can possess <laughs> well the biggest thing too I just think the mo- we just you need to be more open about our experiences I know when I was going yeah. through my divorce and a lot of things that were happening during that time I kept bottled because it seemed bad and Same. wrong and a yeah. failure 
But then the more I would open up and talk to other women, women were going through so many similar things. And instead of feeling alone and bad about what you're going through, you also yeah. felt accepted and like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I think this is great to just, women especially need to share more of their stories and they need to be more supportive of each other during those stories. And when things are hard, it's not a bad chapter of life. It's you. Oh, I for me, I've always looked back at the bad chapters and been like, "God, I learned so much." You're so thankful for it, yeah. Yeah. Same. In retrospect, you're. Almost, you, I don't know if I would say I'm always thankful, but when you really think about it, thankful it's like for that, the lessons that really taught you something and made me yeah. adapt and and be better and newer. So. Oh, so talk to each other, girls. Talk. Let's be cheerleaders <laughs> for each other. No, I think that's getting better now. As we Caitlin's really good at that. Look hot in that. Oh, girl, look at that. She's really good at it. She compliments women very well. Oh, I was like, I'm not wearing anything. No, I'm saying you compliment. You always find beautiful things in other women, and I think that's great. Well, which is, I don't want to say it's funny. Well, thank you, first of all. But that's my love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you give what you want back. And so, (laughs) this isn't a, like, pass on anybody. I just don't get it back much. (laughs) No, especially, like, in the relationships I've been in. It's just, like, I've always, they go, it's, people always think of it or see it, you know. Well, the people I've been, like, I've dated, they say it as, like, this weakness. And I'm like, no. I just like to know what you're thinking about me when you're good things. Like, jerk, just go it. Clearly, they're exes, but <laughs> that's anyway. Hard. I mean, yeah, everybody communicates and receives. The biggest yeah. thing is is pay attention to the person, how they're showing love to you. Yeah, how hard is that, it's guys? What they, they how they communicate. And, yeah, and, but it's you tend to give back the same way that you want to receive it. And so yeah. Instead of we got to kind of stop and. Well, I think you're gorgeous, and your ass is one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah, you do. You know what? You do say that all the time. Yeah, never mind, girl. I will compliment a girl on a great ass any day. And I love it because I work so hard for this one. <laughs> on that note. I'm a butt girl. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for joining the Booty, booty Girl Club. Booty podcast. Oh my God, that's what I'm going to do next. Booty podcast. Talk about butts. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thank you for joining me and you. goodbye. Bye. Bye.